Hey, welcome back. My name is Tammy and welcome to Her Restored Spirit podcast. Today we're talking about the Enneagram and parenting. I have gotten so many questions about this that I decided to go ahead and just jump in. Um, I will tell you, I was apprehensive about, well, in general, talking about parenting because typically when you talk about things, it's because you have success in it. And yes, I know my kids are are good. I know my kids are, uh, you know, successful. But do I have it all figured out? Heck no. And so uh, all I know, and I hope what you get this, uh, what you get from this podcast is that the more we know ourselves, the more that we are willing to look at where our weaknesses are, and the more that we are willing to stop and respond instead of react, the better off we can be as parents. So listen in and send me your questions. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hey, hey, today I am back and talking about the Enneagram again. Um, Thank you for your questions. And today, so I've got a lot of questions about parenting with the Enneagram. And this is one of those things that I think is, is so important to understand and how the Enneagram can be a really good tool to help you with your parenting. And some of it may seem... Like, oh, of course, um, yeah, let's, you know, put it on them. What number are they? What, you know, why do they behave like they do? And part of it is really allowing yourself to be self-aware and how your reactions, how your fears are actually playing into your parenting style. So this is not all about, oh, let's understand them so that way we can fix them or so they can be obedient children because let's face it, free will is a real thing and it happens really early, but it's not always bad. But we can recognize that free will is part of fear. Free will can be determined by fear. Our choices can surround what we're afraid of and what we desire. So the more we're aware of it, the more we can respond instead of react. And that's the same in our parenting. So before you jump in and start typing your children, let's first look at ourselves. What is your number? 
How does that play into your daily activities and your daily choices, your daily fears, your longings, what you want for your children? Because I guarantee that if you look at what you want for, for your children, it's through your own lens. Now, I do believe that you see them as individuals. And the more that you're aware of who they are, you can adjust and you can, you know, we don't parent our children the same way because we give each child what they need. But the first thing we need to know is how does my need affect that? Am I feeling stressed or are some of their behaviors touching on my fear? And so I'm reacting and I'm projecting my fears onto them. An example of this is as an Enneagram one, integrity is really important to me. And let's be honest, a lot of times when I'm working with people, integrity and truthfulness and not lying is critical and a high value and priority for most people. We value honesty. But there are times that doing things the right way, doing things the perceived ethical way or the perceived correct way to get the outcome that is quote unquote good is not really the goal of my child. But that's my goal based on my fears and my need. So that's the first thing that when you choose to parent through the Enneagram, it's important that you really know yourself. What are you projecting onto them? My child could be an Enneagram one and have that fear. But do I need to play into that or do I need to speak life into them and show them how that is a fear and not reality? How you don't have to work to be good in God's eyes and how your identity is not based on what you do, but who God says you are. And so know yourself, know your tendencies, know your stresses, Know what path you're on. A few weeks ago, I mentioned the different paths. Well, if you are in your stress path, that's not the best time to parent. That's not the best time to discipline. And that's not the best time to really, well, make any rational decisions. So when you recognize that you're in that moment, or when your child touched on your fears and you are having an emotional and visceral reaction, Take a deep breath, step back, and tell them that you need a minute. That is the first way that the Enneagram can help you parent. The next is we all want to know, we we love labels. And even the people who don't like the Enneagram, they still like labels of some sort. We still like to understand things. And by knowing our child's number, it helps us to understand them. Which is not a bad thing. We want to know who our child is. Understanding a fear of another person 
is really powerful because then you can give them the grace that they need and you can point out how the fear is keeping them in a place that's not healthy or how it's controlling them and not really getting them what what they want out of life. Also, understanding someone's fear helps to see what they want or what they need out of relationships as well. But that's a whole nother conversation. But again, we try to label our children to understand, which is not the healthiest move if we label them and keep them stuck there or never adapt. And so I urge you, just like you can't type another adult, you cannot type your child. Even with the love languages, it's you can you can go through the test, you can identify what you believe, and when they're old enough, they can answer for themselves. But you can work to give them a little bit of every bit of the love language and see how they react and which one speaks to them more because that gives you an idea of which is their love language. Well, again, with the Enneagram and with fears, if you kind, if you figure out, if you kind of focus on, okay, what is their motive? And you can work it under the assumption when they're younger, maybe they are a, a certain number, but don't get set on any number until they are old enough and self-aware enough to type themselves. I say that again, do not put them in a box when the whole purpose of the Enneagram is to remove you out of it. So with that, how do you use the Enneagram to parent when you don't know what their number is? Well, we love observing our children and similar to the love languages, we can try different things and see see what speaks to their heart. And that's the idea with this too, is you can kind of narrow down from the nine numbers to maybe three that it may, that may speak to them. And if they're really young, if they are under the age of 10, really it's more about your number and how you respond than it is about theirs because they're not self-aware enough to understand their fears or even identify what is actually fearful. They will have environmental things that attach to it. And so use it as a guide. Understand that there's nine different types of fears and then try different things based on those to see what speaks to the child. Is there something that speaks to them or is there some some fear that you can see like the perfectionism? You can initially think that this child just wants everything to they're so hard on themselves. They want everything to be perfect. So they're an Enneagram 1. Well, they might be trying to get that perfection for different reasons. So you can't label them as an Enneagram 1 at age 4 or 5 or 6. Now, it's something to consider. It's something to help them work through and learn that failure is not the ultimate devastation. 
that failure is a part of life and can actually bring a lot of growth and a lot of information. Failure, actually, success comes from failure. It doesn't come from getting things right every time. And so we can help guide our kids in that direction. But perfectionism may come from the fact that they want success. They may be in Enneagram 3 and want to be perceived as the best. That's not wrong either. But we just have to help them realize that the internal pride is really what matters. It doesn't matter what other people say. So it's a completely different strategy than an Enneagram One who wants to be perfect for perfection's sake because they want to be seen as good. They want to be seen as successful and on top and they're competitive. Neither are wrong, but from a very different perspective. And so understanding that though and understanding your child, it helps you to think things through about, okay, what could the fear be? And you can go through all nine numbers because again, you can have nine people who do the exact same behavior for nine different reasons. So start ruling them out. If you realize that they don't like research or they don't want to know the why behind things, they may not be an Enneagram 5. Okay, so we'll just set that aside until they start to show signs of otherwise. Now, when they do take the, the assessment, and I will say both of my kids took the assessment. Um, I went through some questions with them. I, um, I asked them and they, you know, verbally, we, I kind of had an idea of what they were based on how they responded. And my daughter, she was like 98% a number four. And she was almost in tears because it got her, it understood. And she's like, see mom, I told you emotions that they're so deep. And the more I understand what a four is, now I can understand her deepest desires. And listening to what adult fours say about their childhood does help me take a step back and parent her with grace because I'm aware of her fears. But again, she identified those and we talked about what it means. And again, it doesn't put her in a box. Now that she's aware that she is run by emotions and that her emotions are deep and that she feels like she's has this fatal flaw that everyone else has and she's missing and that she's unique and she needs to be unique, but she's still that fatal flaw that she desires and how she desires to be unique more than anything. Like that girl, if you ever see her clothes, like she has a reason for wearing everything she does, but she does not let high fashion like stop her from wearing whatever she wants. Her fashion is hers and hers alone. Now my son, on the other hand, who when we did the verbal questions, he was very strong in an eight and we started talking about what that was and then he took the assessment online and what do you know he got a seven and he's like see i told you and we went through some of the the answers which just proved to me that he was an eight because he completely manipulated the 
his responses so that he wasn't an eight because he did not want to be controlled. He is not doing that. And then finally, we talked and we laughed about it, about how, you know, he does have a really strong seven wing. So he's not all wrong. But we talked about manipulation and we talked about needing to be right and how he sees the world through that lens of control so you're not controlled and how you have a huge heart, but you don't want to show it or you're limiting who you show it to because what happens if they don't accept it or if you show who you really are and they reject it. So that protection. And so I use the Enneagram with my kids in order to help them see that there's always another choice in your decisions. There's always a place of fear, but there's also a place of health. There's always a place of let's look at it from other people's perspectives. And in this situation, what was your need? What was your desire? And did the outcome balance with what you actually wanted? If not, okay, let's talk about what is another way you could have done it. Or what is something else you could have said? And so that's kind of how I use it with them. Now I will tell you, real moment here, I don't do this perfectly. We do not have everything figured out. We, the kids are not fully enlightened. They're 11 and 13. The emotions and the hormones have taken over this house, which caused me to also be in check with my emotions and my hormones because they know how to push all of my buttons. And they've also learned a little bit about the Enneagram One because we talked about the importance of understanding others from their fear perspectives. And so they know. And my son uses key words that he knows, like cuts me, cuts me to the core. And I have to take a deep breath and realize that the kid needs a hug. As much as he's pushing me away, his hormones and his, he, he is trying to keep from being controlled. He's an adolescent. That is the whole thing that adolescents are trying to do is separate to identify who they are and separate from their parental unit and happens to be I'm their only parental unit. So I get double doses and it's just, it's so fun. It's so relaxing and just feels great. But the more that I'm aware of my own fears, desires, and needs, the less I can project it on them. The more I understand how they are reacting, because let's face it, that's what you do when you're a kid. You react, you don't respond in intense moments. It helps me to give them grace, give myself grace, and also give myself a timeout. Let them know that I will have this conversation with them in a little bit, but I need a moment. I understand how they are an individual and things that they do, they desire, their needs are separate from my own. And then I can use that to understand my perspective on things and realize that, no, they don't do everything based on I'm like, okay, I've read the, I've read what an Enneagram 4 does. Now I know exactly what to expect from my daughter. Well, absolutely not. 
but it does give me an understanding, a sense of peace. And I know that there are a lot of adult eights and a lot of adult fours out there who had parents and now their kids are successful adults. And so I'm hoping that that's the path that my kids are on. I also know that no matter what happens, it's not completely my responsibility. This is why it's so important to partner with God in parenting because he created your child. He gave them their preferences. He gave them their strengths and their weaknesses. He gave them their drives. He gave them their identity. And our job as parents are to keep them pointed to him. We were tasked this honor of raising these children, but we were never meant to do it alone without Christ. And so again, this goes back to when my son is struggling, I can go to the core fears that he has, and I can look for Bible verses that can speak to that and pray for him based on what he is going through and help him identify what his actual feelings are because there's vocabulary around it. And same with my daughter. Knowing that she's fearfully and wonderfully made helps her to not have the jealousy of, well, but I can't do that. Well, maybe not today, but you can do this. Let's look at the strengths that God gave you and the things that God gave you to do. And that helps them embrace their identity in Christ as well. That helps them to have an understanding of, okay, this circumstance is going to pass. This emotion is going to pass, even though as an Enneagram 4, it's so deep, it's still temporary. And how we treat people really does matter in the long run. So when you were trying to use the Enneagram to parent, first look at yourself, understand your needs, your desires, your fears, so that you're not projecting those onto your child or look at how your, what you're going through, your behaviors, your in the moment feelings are affecting the situation. Because remember, they are a lot of times, they are mirroring, mirroring our concerns, our feelings, the energy that we're putting out. So how is that affecting the situation? And then step back and remind yourself that your child is not you. Your fears are not your child's fears. And they are acting out of their own. So take away your fears because who they are does not say something about who you are. Only God can define who you are. You are not responsible for your child's behaviors, for the way they do things because of free will and because of our sin nature. Now, is it our responsibility to point them to Jesus and show them another way? Absolutely. But we have to separate who we are from who our child is because it's not fair for us to throw that burden on them when they're still trying to figure out who they are. And so that, that is what I have to say about Enneagram and parenting. I hope that this helped. I hope that you are empowered by this. I hope that you find out what number you are 
And in the show notes, I will again put the the link to the two tests that I really like. And as always, if you have any questions, shoot them my way. And hopefully I can answer them for you. Until then, I will talk to you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. I am so thankful you're here. And I have something really exciting to, to share. I have completely updated my website. So it's the same URL, www.tammymariecoaching.com, but it's a completely different platform, completely different feel, and well, I'm super proud of it. So I would love for you to head over there and check it out. And while you're there, check out my blog posts. If you've been enjoying the podcast, I have been creating blog posts for each podcast episode with different quotes, with different links, and a transcript. So if there's a question that you had, or if you wanted to review something that you can go and find it right there. I'd love to hear your feedback and I will talk to you next week. Bye.